Last week, we discussed what the enemy is up to. We discussed how he has been keeping us busy and distracted from what God is calling us to. That is into a prayer time with the Father. The enemy has also been stealing our energy. And so this week, I'm excited. I've got a special guest who I'm going to introduce to you guys here soon. And we're going to be talking about what I really truly believe God is birthing in his people. And when I say God is birthing something, I do mean it. You know, when we talk about a pregnancy, we have a conception and nine months later, we have a delivery of a baby. And in the same way, I want to submit to you that today God desires to have us enter a place of intimacy and prayer with him like never before. And the fruit of that will be the birthing of something great, a type of revival inside of us that will spill into this world and change this world. You know, brothers and sisters, if you've watched the news, if you've seen what's going on, you know, we have countries and we have nations and a lot of them are up to no good. Some of them are always strategizing and planning things. Some of them are planning wars. Some of them are planning this and that. What are you planning? Because you are part of God's warriors. You are part of God's army that he has called. And so for us to to sit on the sidelines and forget that we're part of a spiritual war would be misunderstanding the call of Yeshua on our lives in this time. So uh, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you guys my brother, Nathan Harmon. Uh, Brother Nathan is uh, with me here today. You want to say hi to everyone, brother? Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Just uh, shalom, blessings. Looking forward to uh, just prayerfully having some powerful content and talks and asking the Holy Spirit just to give us some revelation about the, the importance of our time in prayer. Amen. I mean, thank you, brother. So today I would like to just open up with you guys here. I uh, earlier this day, I read uh, from the book of Haggai. And uh, if you haven't read it yet, I really encourage you. it's only two chapters long. And in this book, there's something interesting that's written. I want to just read chap- uh, Haggai 1 verse 2 for you as we begin here. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruin? Now, therefore, thus is Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You see, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that when we look at this time, the season that we're living in right now, Yeshua said when he was talking to the Samaritan woman, there is coming a time. There's coming a time when the people of God will worship him, not on this mountain or there, but in spirit and in truth. And I want to submit to you that that's where we're living, that God desires to create, to build up a temple of spirit and truth. And you are that temple. And like Haggai said, I want to submit to you, there are people today who are even saying, Uh, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. There are people out there who are opposing, who aren't ready, who for whatever reason are more comfortable, as Haggai said, dwelling in their paneled houses while the house of the Lord lies in ruin. 
have we become so comfortable dwelling in our flesh that the house of the Lord that we are supposed to become and build up this temple of God we're supposed to become is lying in ruin. So, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that this is one thing the Lord desires to do is rebuild a temple, rebuild a place of, of dwelling. And in that temple that He rebuilds within you and within me, He will then start moving out and become a revival to people all around. You see, I want to submit to you that, you know, there are people I've heard it, you know, and Brother Nathan, you can tell me too in a second here, but I'm sure you've heard it too. You know, that there are people out here who are, who are saying, revival, revival, what do you mean? And they scoff at the idea of revival. They say, no, there's only a great falling away. There's all, that's all that the Bible talks about there's going to be in the end times. But brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you, the Bible speaks, yes, of a great falling away. And yes, things get harder. Yes, the world gets more and more deceived and full of evil. But at the same time, I want to submit to you that it also prophesies of a type of a revival. And I'm just going to read this here, Acts 2.17, Peter prophesies and says, and he talks about the prophet Joel and says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men see visions, your old men dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, I'll pour out my spirit. And he says, I'll do wonders and signs, blood, fire, vapor, the smoke. And I will do all these things before the great and magnificent day of the Lord. You see, brothers and sisters, he says, this will be in the last days. Are you seeing dreams around you? Are you seeing visions around you? Are you seeing young men, old men, sons and daughters manifesting the spirit of God and these things coming out? Come on, hallelujah. These are the things that the Lord is calling us into. Brother Nathan, tell me, brother, what do you think about all this? Oh man, uh, yeah, I, I affirm, agree that creation's groaning, and, and truthfully, it says that even in Romans there that that um, the the creation's expectantly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, and that man, even though there's 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 challenges, and even though there's a falling away, we best realize that there's an awakening, and that God's longing to to raise up um, His people. And I'm seeing it as we travel. I know, PD, we, I mean, we get chances to, to get the God graces us with opportunities, uh, your family and my family to travel and to minister to people. And, and you, you've seen it. I've seen it. Our heart is to ignite the fire and hopefully just, you know, when it says that the spirit of truth um, that he, he gives us a promise of the spirit of truth, it doesn't say of the, the letter of truth. It says the spirit of truth. That the white fire behind the truth. What is that white fire? It's, it's the presence of the Father. It's it's the ruach. It's the breath of who He is. That He wants us to be able to walk with our identity. And as we've been traveling, it, it, you know, you're, you're seeing people beginning to really realize that the gimmicks, the the, the doing, you know, following uh, the Messiah and and walking in obedience to the Scripture uh, as as we've done in the past, not that radical obedience isn't needed. Absolutely. But it's the fire behind it. It's the why. I've always been a why guy. The father didn't give us commandments for bondage. He gave us commandments for freedom, but he wants us to find the fire behind it. And you won't find the fire behind it unless you're spending 
time with God, unless you're really being intimate and intentional with him. You know, it's why it's called the spirit of truth. The father wants you to get beyond the black and white of just what is truth, which absolutely we need to obey radical obedience. There's blessings there, but he wants us to have this communion with him. And, and as I've been able to go coast to coast here, even, even right now, like I'm, you know, we pulled over uh, the wife and, and the kids were there in Walmart where we were just in Washington and I was at a, at a more of a secular in the public schools there. But I had all these side conversations with talking about mental health in, the, in their school system. But I had these side conversations when we did the community evening event and all these people that were just hungry. And, and it's, it's hungry for just the presence of God that can change us. And so as we are heading over toward, towards Branson and just doing our thing and just trying after to go to the heart of the Father, like this is guys, hear me. You, if you're watching this, this is practical following the king. It's to live, love, and look like him. It's it's to live totally committed, sold out, um, and after one thing, and that is his presence. It's digging in. It's honestly learning that it will be in your prayer closet is where you're going to begin to get the revelation of how to share the one you found with people. Not in just the letter, but in the compassion and the mercy. It's the importance... I know, Petey, you had spoke and you last week. Um, what you feel the, the enemy's up to these end times, and it's 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 distractions, and it's trying to get us away from our, our prayer time. I, I affirm more than anything that I say it all the time, and people know it. But when I take my last breath, if it's before the return of the Messiah, I want my son to not say, "Man, Dad was a good communicator." My son, Dad, I want my son not to say, "Man, Dad, uh, he could really." you know, kick a soccer ball around good. I want my son to say, the one thing I know about my father is he spent hours with God and minutes with men. And, yeah. and that's the most important thing. Um, it's even more important, PD, than me preaching. It's more important than me studying. Uh, it's, it's literally, it's not a tagline. It takes sacrifice and waking up and pressing in. So I just affirm everything you're saying. Mm. God's trying to do something with his people if if we will give him the most valuable resource that we've ever been trusted and that's time because you never get it back and you'll never get it back. So, amen. You know, brother, what's interesting is, you know, I think that when, when we think about this, it's, it is like you said, an if thing, God desires us to become this, this temple, like I mentioned, but it is an if thing. And, and you know, I th when we spoke a little earlier offline, you know, you told me, you know, it's all about God is everything is ready. Like everyone is ready. Everyone is waiting for God's people to study, to study themselves approved, but not just that, because I think that's one thing we've done is a lot. We focused on studying ourselves approved, but now to look to the father in prayers and fasting and to get filled with his spirit. That's, I think, the next thing that the Father is calling us to worship Him in truth. Yes, amen. But then to worship Him in spirit. You know, uh, and one thing that's really awesome with just this chapter I was touching on earlier on Haggai is Haggai, he talks and he says, Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I might take pleasure in it and that I might be glorified, says the Lord. Now, you know, when I read this, it's kind of like he says, Go up to the hills, get the wood there. What What is up with that? I mean, can't you get what, what's up with the hills? 
But we know that the mountains, the hills, that's where Yeshua went. You know, Matthew 14, he's, you know, going up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening came, there was no one else, just Yeshua there alone, speaking to the Father on the mountain. Or what about Psalm 121, where that famous chapter we all know, I look up to the hills, where does my help come from? You know, there's this picture. And so what does this tell us? That it is on the hills, it is symbolically speaking, in our prayer closets, in our intimate time with the Lord, that we receive the wood, if you will, for the fire that is that fire that God wants to stir up in us of the Holy Spirit, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our lives and then on the lives of people around us. And so, so brother, let me ask you this. Um, I think we're getting to kind of the, the meat of it all now. How do we practically now implement God's plans? You know, I think there's two aspects. And the first is the, uh, the, the defense strategy and the offensive strategy. And what I mean by that is the, the defense strategy is, okay, what is the enemy trying to do and how do we defend against that? Now, you know, I, I've spoken about how the enemy is trying to steal our time. The enemy is trying to steal our uh, prayers, getting with God. He's trying to steal our energy. So, brother, could you tell me, what do you think practically? What could you tell us about how someone who's struggling to pray, right? Someone who's struggling to make that time and someone who maybe gets there, but they don't know how to pray, don't know what to say, or their mind runs away with them. You know, can you talk a little bit about these things? What do you think we could do? Uh, to become better prayer warriors in this area? Oh, man, it, it, it really, it's, well, there's no shortcuts. Um, you know, and I think that it's, it's prayer. Sorry, as I'm moving stuff around, we're, uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're eight, we've, we've cut 31 hours. We had 31 hours when we left um, Washington. So we're just kind of loading up and getting moving. I, I, uh, but it's, it's prayer is a muscle. This is, let me get my light right here. Prayer is a muscle. It, it's just like when you work out, it's just like when you become a runner, you know, it, it's, it's something for me, honestly, where I got my greatest growth in prayer was I was, was I was actually incarcerated. You know, some you made this journey in my story of, of just a wreck, but I, 10, 11 years ago, I was, I was incarcerated um, and God met me at rock bottom and he used me at rock bottom to begin to rebuild me. But I, I got partnered up with an older man, uh, a guy named Petey. Uh, actually, Petey, his name was Petey Knotts, actually, which is kind of wild. Not Petey as in PD, but like P-E-T-E-Y, Petey. Um, and he, he began to help teach me to pray, you know, and, and it was literally, you know, he started walking me through and he would say, Nathan, you know, the first 20 minutes, you're still just trying to get outside of yourself. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean the first 20 minutes? Like my prayers only last five minutes at max if I'm, you know, seriously like doing well at that point. He said, no, well, that's okay. He said, but you're only going to get better at becoming a, a prayer warrior or a, pe a person of prayer by praying. You know, a lot of times we, we talk about prayer, uh, we read books about prayer, but we, we get intimidated by just like beginning to attempt to start praying. And so for me, what it was, it was a benefit to, to really get started to stretch this muscle because, again, it's, it really is, it's a muscle. The more you do it, 
uh, the, the, the longer, and it's not about the length. Again, let me, let me just say, it's not about the length and the hours and, and time in prayer, but it's really just about the, the time with him, right? Not only about like you speaking or, or you just rambling or you just sharing, but it's learning to spend intentional time with him. And, and for me, you know, I, I honestly had a, an elder, a friend, you know, somebody that was willing to kind of hold me accountable to that and, and to start, you know, we, we set some time aside and we would just, we would take the Lord's prayer. This is how I learned to become a prayer, Petey. We would take the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so we, he said, Nathan, let's just say on that word, our father, and let's just begin to spend time and, and talk about you know, and, and, and express to the Father, our Father. Father, you are our Father. You, you made us. You created us. Um, you're the maker of heaven and earth. You, you know me. And so we spent time on just that line, our Father, and then who art in heaven. And we started spending really important time on, Father, you're in heaven. You're above us. You know the beginning from the end. You, you know all of these things. Um, you're going to turn up here a little farther? Yeah. It's okay. You go a little farther. And so we started... Right here. Uh huh. We started just really just building that muscle of just taking the Lord's Prayer and going line by line and just trying to press in. And that began to give me a foundation. And so I think the easiest way is to literally, you have to just start doing it and making it a, a non negotiable. And then what happened with me is after I started doing this PD, I found myself spending time 30, 40, 50, sometimes an hour just quietly sitting before the Lord talking. And it didn't even feel like an hour went by. It only felt like it was five or 10 minutes. The next thing you know, you just spent an hour and a half in intentional prayer. And it was refreshing. And then you find yourself sometimes maybe even drifting in and out of a state of consciousness where you feel man father were you just speaking to me and like it was just such a place of shalom that it, it was precious so that that's some practical for me was just you have to do it and then you have to also um just begin to stretch that muscle does that make sense mm, really good brother thank you for sharing that you know what do you say i think about being intentional is so important like listen Brothers and sisters, if you're listening to this tonight and you're like, look, I want to get more serious about my prayer life. I get what you guys are saying. I want to push in more. What is so key? The first thing you need to do is make a commitment. You need just like, you know, God says, hey, you work six days, you rest on the seventh, right? You made that commitment. You may have been like, wow, God, I want to do that. I want to keep your Sabbath day holy. Now, at the same time, do you have a commitment every day to spend time with him as well? Because, you know, it's one thing to be like, yeah, okay, one day a week, I'll rest from my, from my labors. I make that commitment or whatever, or, or I go to church on a Sunday. I make that commitment. But have you committed every day to the Lord? And is there a prayer time every day that you have set aside for him? Like Nathan said, the non-negotiable time. And so, and I think in that time, it's, it's also this heart cry that we need to be manifesting this cry out of us for for the lost you know one of the biggest things that yeshua i think cried for in his prayers was for the lost that's why when he went out there 
Then he, the Father brought people to him. That's where he met people. And that's where the power of God manifested through him. So pray about yourself. Pray about your worries. Pray about the things on your heart. But don't forget to also cry out for a revival. Because that's what I believe, brothers and sisters. I believe that's what God wants to birth. But we need to push into that and desire that. And so, yeah, bro, I love that. And and I want to also say to you all now, if you're listening to this, you know, when we're talking, what we're talking about now, to just be frank and very honest, it's 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 so simple and it's kind of kind of like kindergarten. Like God wants us to not just be like, okay, well, well done. You, you got your prayer done for today. Like that is the, like I mentioned earlier, that's like our defensive mechanism. That's just to kind of get a flow. That's just to kind of survive as believers. But what God wants to do is actually use us mightily as, as weapons in his hands against the enemy, his kingdom. So, you know, if you think about like, any war, like if you think about World War Two or any of these wars, if if the U.S., for example, right, if they only ever defended themselves or if or if Europe only ever defended themselves against Germany, but they never were offensive, they never actually went into Germany, what would have happened? Right. Any any general will tell you to fight a battle. You need to be able to not just defend yourself, but you need to actually stop the enemy. And that means you need to be offensive. Otherwise, you'll just get burned out. And I want to submit to you that many of us have become burnt out in our spiritual life because we're always on the defensive. Right. We're, and that's fine. Like we're, we're defensive. We're, we're we're praying. We're seeking the Lord for deliverance. And we're and that's all wonderful. That is. But then what the father wants to do is he wants to use you offensively in his kingdom. And in that place, you get so empowered. And, and, you know, I'm the one who will be the first to tell you that when the first time I remember I started seeing the father do something through me like, whoa, you know, I prayed for someone and something happened. Right. I was more changed in those encounters than the people I was praying for. Like when I actually went out and did what Yeshua did, it left me radically changed. Even though I thought it's to to help them, it was helping me. It was delivering me. It was saving me from the hand of the enemy as well, because we become this pipeline where the Holy Spirit travels through when we do the work of the Lord. And so, you know, I want you as a listener to not just not just survive as a Christian or a believer. I want you to to become a weapon. And so, you know, I want us to think about what that means, because Yeshua said, go out. That is offensive talk right there. It's don't just stay here and, you know, don't just no go forward into the camp of the enemy where. And that's why Yeshua is always around these people who are in, quote unquote, prison, people who are in their sin still in their bondage. And he went into those areas among those people. And those are the people that he set free. Are we a type of people who is willing to go where the darkness is or are we always cowering away from it because we don't really know who we are and what God has created us and called us to be warriors? You see, we don't always have to be like, oh, no, enemy, the devil's going to get me. Oh, no, woe is me. God created you and he gave you authority as being made in his image. And this authority that you are to carry is something that the enemy is terrified of. 
But because we don't understand that authority, the enemy, he has a field day with us. But if you only understood, man, God, Yeshua, he gave me a power of attorney, if you will. He said, I give you authority over all the works of the enemy. That means I can go and I don't have to be afraid because the enemy, Yeshua said, uh, the enemy should be afraid of me. And so when this all clicks for us and we understand that we're fighting a battle that we are, we will win. There's no question about it. But then let's go with that hope of victory as we enter this war that we are a part of and that we will be entering in more and more. Uh, Nathan, I mean, brother, we just talked a little earlier and I think, you know, you said that, look, we are entering this war. And whether people want to be in it or not, whether people are going to whatever they want, it's, it's kind of it doesn't matter because this is what is happening. And you will either be a part of this or you'll just kind of observe it and it'll pass you by. I mean, brother, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, man. Even what you were saying there, which is, you know, I love it. I think it's in Luke. Maybe it's Matthew in the synoptics. But Yeshua, he he sends the disciples out into the, to these cities and he says, go, go to the lost sheep. And he sends them to cities, but then it says he then went to their towns, right? So he sent them out, but then he went to where they were from. And so in a spiritual sense, it's, it's back to that place of that if you in the middle of, even in the middle of your lack of you feeling like you have the confidence, good, you shouldn't, it's his confidence, rest in him. Even in the middle of your lack of your, your adequacies, good. Your inadequacies, I have them too. Rest in him. Even in the middle of your shortcomings, good. He wants you to know, but it's not by your strength, but by his spirit. Go anyways. If you will just go, he will circle back around to your needs, to your lacks, to your insecurities, to your struggles, and he will build you up. I, I always tell people what you give away is really what you get to keep. And what I mean by that is that if you, if you will just go, like you said, PD, and, and begin to, to serve and to begin to love people and to begin to be the hands and feet of the Messiah, he will do the spiritual re-knitting, rebirthing, re-sewing, re-stitching, healing um, of your heart. It's in the activation um, because that's just the truth. People too often think like, I don't know how to pray for people. I don't know what to say to people. I don't know where to go. Good. Just do it. And, and the Father will begin to just give you the tools and to teach you because he's the spirit of truth to teach you all things. And this thing's happening with or without you getting in the game. Um, and the truth is when we sit back and we, you know, somewhat don't engage, then honestly, that's where the enemy is going to war on your mind the most is because how can, and I love this line, how can Jesus take the will of, of a Carrie Underwood song, Jesus take the will, I wish I was a better singer, but how can he take the will and steer it if you're not moving? Have you ever tried to turn a steering wheel when it's not in motion? You really can't. That's why when you're moving, that's when he really can take you. And I'm telling you, just there is a, a hurt and broken, lost world right now. Um, even people who know the Lord, that have been serving the Lord, that are burnt out, they're looking for encouragement. 
they're looking for inspiration, people that can, can, can just lock arms with them. And so even if it's like Nathan, Petey, that's a little extreme to go into the dark, go into the dark corners, go into the dark alleys. Okay. Let's baby step this. There are tens of twenties, if not hundreds of probably fellow believers that, you know, that probably could use some real encouragement that could really use an on time word of, Hey, I love you. Can I pray for you? Start more safe if you need to. Pray for those that you know that are that are walking with the Lord. And then begin to, again, it's a muscle. The more you, you pray, the more you're going to develop that muscle. The more you learn to pray for people, you're going to learn to get that confidence. And I just am radical enough to, to say and to, sit, to, 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 to share that God's moving on the earth this way right now. I, my wife and I, with our own eyes, we've seen um, the hand of the Lord heal and do amazing things, not cringy, not weird, not, you know, abusive of, of, of what we've seen in, in the church in the past, but there is an authentic place where the father wants to show you he's the same God in the Bible you read about is the God in the actual, if you will just trust him and go. Um, and so I'm with you, man. I, I think the more you learn to take your prayers off you, uh, uh, Petey, the elder, when I was incarcerated, P-E-T-E-Y, uh, he used to always tell me, Nathan, do you know the first 15 to 20 minutes of prayer? You're just praying out of yourself. You're still praying about you, your stuff, me, and I. He said, when you really get after that first 10, 15 minutes, your prayers, you run out of the stuff to say about you. So you start thinking about the earth, the broken, the lost. And so he said, once you can get to that, can we just learn to Nathan start to cut the corner as in get over yourself, you're his, you have nothing to worry about, the clothes on your back, the food and the shelter, literally, that's what he tells that person in, in Matthew, you have little faith if you worry about that. That's what unbelievers worry about. He's got you. He's got everything that you need. He literally has a plan for you. But what he can't do, because he's held himself to this creative order, and that's why I believe in Romans it says that creation's groaning and, and they're waiting for the sons, the revealing of the sons of God. The gospel of the kingdom, I was, I was telling, talking with Petey about this when we were all fair. Yeshua says at the beginning of his ministry, the gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 25, 24 area. He, he, he talks about the end of the age. You'll have earthquakes. You'll have this. You'll have that. That the enemy's not worried about that. What really activates him is when he starts seeing these people proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And, and to me, you know, that gospel of the kingdom is this. There's a king. There's a land, there's a constitution, but there's also a people. Well, the only part in the gospel of the kingdom that hasn't been fully activated, King Yeshua did what he had to do to become the, the Lamb of God and, and it will come back as a conquering king. The borders were set when Abraham walked out, counted the stars, and, and, and he began to give the instructions of the borders. of There is a promised land and, and there's, it's coming. The constitution... It's coming. We see it in Isaiah chapter 2 and Micah chapter 4. Watch the part that hasn't absolutely been established yet. You and me. Because we have to activate and uh, begin to really be bold. So... Uh, I love it, brother. Thank you for sharing that. You know, one thing I'll add that's, I think, very important for us to keep in mind is if, if 
you know, if you live in a time right now, if you're listening to this, you're like, wow, when I pray, you know, I, I, I speak about myself all the time, you know, because we tend to do that as people when we pray to the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with laying out your worries and, and things before him, of course. But I want to submit to you that if it is that when you get to the Lord, that's what you do is you just do that. You probably aren't entering a place of intimacy with him yet that you need to be because there is a place of intimacy with the Lord where you can come to him and you can be like, Lord, I'm here not for me. I'm not here tonight to get something out of this. But tonight I am here just to be in your presence just to be here. I, I'm not going to ask you anything. I'm not going to. It's not about that. I, I'm just here to be in your presence. When was the last time, brother, sister, that you prayed that way to the Lord? And you just you were just there and you were just waiting on the Lord. You were just listening. You were praising. You were worshiping. You were lifting hands to him. You were crying out for the nations but not necessarily for what you can get out of it. Because sometimes our relationship with God is without us intentionally even wanting to go that way. It becomes God. Help me with this issue. Help me with that issue. God, do this for me. Do that for me. God, I want this and that in life. And God does desire to hear from us. Do not get me wrong. But I am just saying that there is another dimension to this. There is a deeper dimension to this. It's like if, <laughs> you know, if I, every time I went on a date with my wife, I was just there to just to lay everything on her and I'm just there to, to get something out of her, out of this deal of this date that, that, that would not. She would probably not like that. Uh, and she's probably watching this. So I love you, honey. Um, but but the point is just that, you know, even that that would not be a good relationship. A true good relationship is one where you go and you're like, father, I just want to be with you. I'm just going to spend time with you. And and so, brothers and sisters, that is really powerful. And in those moments, I want to submit to you, it is in my personal experience, in those moments when God has oftentimes poured out uh, a blessing on me, that is something that I didn't even know I needed. Because sometimes you ask a whole lot of things, but what you need is something you don't even know about. And sometimes you just need to receive. Sometimes you need to stop talking, stop asking, and just receive what the Lord has for you. And so, yeah, brother, what do you think about that? How, how has your experience been um, in prayer in that way? Yeah, I, you know, it's place for me. And I really, you know, it really pricks my heart there at the beginning of Matthew when, when he really does say it, it challenged me. And he says, you know, you worry and these things and he says you know the lilies spin uh, the flowers and all these things and he, and he says you have nothing to worry about the clothes on your back your shelter and your food like the real necessities like those are the necessities of you know life and he says those things unbelievers worry about uh, oh you of little faith and when i saw that it even though it's not always actualized and that's okay but it's it's the trajectory where i'm trying to get my life where you have a confidence that you know the the, the challenges you're having at home or, or maybe uh 
with your children, or marriage, or maybe some some bond, you know, an addiction, or, or something. You know, to to get to this place where you have such a confidence that you know that the Father knows what you need even before you ask, and so you make your supplication known, and you put it before His feet. You you come to Him in that in that somewhat, I want to use the word legal standard, but the, the, you know, going into his courtness with thanksgiving and praise and navigating into this, where that you've got to just begin to, here's the challenge, Petey. I want to challenge you while watching this, is that in this next week, in these next few days, that when Petey comes on here and it's next week when he's doing a lot, he's kind of carrying this message. If you're one of the viewers watching this right now, I, I just want to challenge so, you know, you know the personal need that you need. I challenge you this week to make that supplication known and realize, like, the Father heard you. Now begin to press in and to begin to say, Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. Begin to share, you know, the, the, the hurts of the people that I could begin to intercede for and I can begin to pray for let, let me begin to, to take my eyes off of me and begin to, to rest them on the ones that, that are hurting or don't, don't even know you. Let me become an ambassador. And Father, maybe I, I don't know how to be an ambassador on the front lines yet and just going, but begin to show me how to begin to be a prayer warrior for people. And I bet if you things that we see in scripture, right? That he's going to circle back around and while you go out, he will begin to meet those needs. Awesome. Thank you. Bit, yeah, so. that's so good, brother. I love that, you know, and there's one more thing I'll add just for the sake of us, you know, talking about now entering this place of intimacy with the Lord. And that is, I'd like to remind everyone of just something that Yeshua said about this. He said, you know, if you were to go to make an offering, right, and on the way to the temple, right, you realize that you have something between you and a brother, or between you and a sister, perhaps, go, he says, and make it right with them first. Sort out your bitterness, sort out that thing. And then after that, you come and you present your offering. Because I want to submit to you that there are, there are many of us that are still, I feel, struggling we're holding things against people. We still hold bitternesses in our heart. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just going to continue reading here where we left off in Haggai 2, uh, going on verse 13. He says, Then Haggai said, If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it, this other thing become unclean? And the priest answered and said, It does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. You see, if you touch an unclean thing like like uh, prescribed in the Levitical priesthood and you touch something else, that thing becomes unclean. That's that's the picture here. And in the same way, he's saying when we come and we make an offering to the Lord, but yet we have touched unclean matters. We have we haven't cleaned our hands yet. We haven't cleansed ourselves yet. Then there we come before the Lord with this unclean offering. Now, now let me just make a distinction here. 
the, just because you made a mistake this week, just because you fell into sin, this is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about specifically, I, the Lord wants to clean you of that stuff. He doesn't want you to go and hide away and not pray. He wants you to, in fact, come into prayer when you have fallen into sin, when you have fallen astray. But if you have something against a brother, if you have unfinished business in your heart against someone, that thing the Lord desires for you to sort out. Because what is the greatest commandments? Love the Lord and love your neighbor. So how can you say, I love the Lord, but I hate my neighbor, right? How can you come before God and, and pray for all of these things and ask the Lord to use you and all these things, but the way you've treated your neighbor is in total opposition to the way that you speak to the Lord? Are you the same person to the Lord as you are to your neighbor? Because the, the father doesn't accept hypocrisy before him. And so it's important for us to repent of our sins, to make things right with people as we enter prayer as well. And I really think that that's another thing that the father desires to do in us is, is make us clean so that when we come to him, he could use us. Because ultimately, if, if, you got all, if you've got a bunch of stuff, a bunch of junk of this world still on you, right? And you'd want to be used by the Lord. Those things will drag you down. We want to come before the Lord and say, God, I have made things right with people as far as I possibly could. In my heart, I have forgiven people. I have ripped my heart of bitterness. And then when you come into his presence, the father is so open and, and hungry to hear your prayers and to use you in whichever way uh, that, that he is calling you to do. Uh, Nathan, what do you think about bitterness, brother? Do you, uh, have you seen that uh, uh, impact people? Oh, tremendously. And, you know, I heard it. I heard someone probably a year ago and it really resonated. But speaking specifically about, you know, bringing your offering to the Lord, you know, there in Matthew, when he's talking about this, I mean, bringing your offering to the to God and that culture in that context that's probably the most intimate thing that was some of the most intimacy that you could have been doing um in the day and age when yeshua was walking right you're bringing all of you you're bringing yourself to to the place to do business with the lord right like you it was probably the most intimate moment and vulnerable place you could be and he says which just puts how much value he puts on humanity and on our brothers, he says, when you come into this most intimate place right here with you and me in front of everyone, if you're not right on the horizontal, I don't care how much you're trying to come and, and spend time with me on the vertical. I want you to go and get right with your brother. I want you to go make that right. And so that's powerful when we can realize that the father almost you could see puts even more value on the right standing with your brother and humanity even before you come and, and, and spend time with him and and that's a when you think of it that way whoo um how much we can't gloss over that because bitterness and, and a lack of forgiveness. We use the word unforgiveness, but it's not really the old word. Um, we, it, I mean, we made it one, and it, everyone knows what we're talking about. But it, it speaks 
in the New Testament that we quench the spirit because of bitterness. In Ephesians, I believe, chapter 5, I think it is, that we can quench the Holy Spirit because of the root of bitterness and that canker that it becomes and, and that uh, that place that it begins to seep and it begins to seep into other areas of your life. And it, it just, it really is this paralyzing choker that keeps you um, from walking in shalom, right? Uh, we just heard, uh, we were at, sharing at Messiah, Messiah Texas and, and our brother uh, Brian Serrano was preaching and he said, um, shal- Sabbath is always coming, but you deciding to choose shalom, that's your choice. Uh, shalom's always there. But it's your decision. Will you do the thing that the Father says, hey, if you do this, you can enter into that. And one of those things is, is just finding it in your heart um, sometimes to, to doing that hard thing and having that hard conversation. And let me preface it. I, I'm not saying it's easy. It's sometimes there are things that's happened to you, um, abuses. And I know when we talk about these things, I'm talking about physical abuses and sexual abuses and uh, words and things that have happened sometimes that you're like, I just can't let that thing go. Well, you have to realize just because, and I've dealt with this a lot, Petey, people think if they let things go, then it's justifying what happened. It's not. It doesn't justify that when you truly begin to forgive or you begin to, to release this bitterness because of something that's happened that absolutely um, you are justified for being hurt and being angry and being upset. But if you will just trust the Father and let it go, forgiveness isn't for that person. Ultimately, it's to release you so he can begin to flow through you like a conduit. I always say Yeshua walked the planet for you know 33 plus years but three and a half specific years and miracles invaded his life everywhere he went. PD, I don't believe Yeshua played the God card. I don't think he played, I'm the son of God. I can just do miracles because I'm him. I believe he came to show us how, if we live in right standard with the father, how we can live on this planet. Yeshua had miracles invading his space everywhere he went. Why? Because he was unoffendable. Even on the cross, Father, forgive them for they not know what they do. He was willing to stay above an area and not entertain something as a personal because he saw it as bigger. We're kingdom kids. God has you in the palm of his hand. He is for you, not against you. Maybe the fact that you've been through a trauma and a wound is because the Father knew that you would find the courage by the Spirit not by your strength, but by the spirit to let go. And by that testimony that's going to come forth, there are tens of thousands of other people that have been through traumas, that have been wounded, that have been hurt just like you. I have a a friend of mine who got shot and killed when he was probably, I believe he was 19 years old. Um, He was young. Uh, His his mother found the courage through Christ's strength alone to forgive this older man. And, and to forgive the fact that her son was taken from him, from her. And you know the testimony that is? See, the father sometimes knows that by his strength, you're going to be able to find the courage to forgive when others wouldn't. 
and that will be a miracle and a release and a key for other people. Uh, that was kind of a tangent, but I, I think it's that place of realizing that you have the ability because he's in you to make it right and to let things go. Mm, so good, brother. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I agree with you 100%. It is that radical love that we can demonstrate. Look, to forgive someone, right, who's done a horrific thing against you in your past, you'd be like, PD, that I can't do that. And yes, by man, that is impossible. That's why the world doesn't do it. The world would, they won't even encourage that thing. They don't encourage forgiveness. But the Father says, I desire for you to forgive. But how, Lord, how do we do that? It is by the empowerment of His Spirit. And that's why when people see us forgive people radically who did things who the world would argue does, you know, how could you do that? That's the very testimony of His love and righteousness in us. That's a testimony of His power in us. That is a miracle that occurs in our hearts. And so if you are someone who's been struggling to forgive someone, well, maybe you've been relying on your own flesh and all of your own, just on yourself to do that. What if the father is saying, look, I know I'm asking something big here, but you must trust in the power of my spirit to for, to help you forgive. And so, uh, brother, I also want to add to what you said about the, you know, um, you said Yeshua didn't play the God card and that and what you just meant by that is that, you know, he when he did miracles, it wasn't just because he was God. Because if that was the case, right, it would be like, okay, guys, I'm doing all these things and he takes off and and that's it. But but he doesn't. He says, I'm doing these things and it's good that I go because I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to dwell in you, be with you, comfort you, and who's going to do amazing, wonderful things through you. The things that I have done and greater than these things is what he says. Right? There is nothing that Yeshua did on earth in terms of the wonders and miraculous that was not done in the first century through his followers, those things, healings, casting out of demons, raisings of the dead, etc., etc. These things followed the lives of people who believed in him. And so, yes, he is the Messiah, but he also wants us to imitate him like any good disciple would. And uh, so, brother Nathan, thank you so much. I think that we, we've covered a lot of ground here. And before we end off tonight, I would like us to just enter a, a time of prayer here. I think that there are many things that we have hit on here with people who are struggling with um, bitterness, who are struggling with all kinds of other bondages like depression, sicknesses, where the enemy's stealing their energy. Um, maybe they're extremely distracted, struggling with a, a distraction. Maybe you even have a, 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 an unclean spirit just there distracting you so much and you're struggling to break through from free from that. Uh, whatever it is, uh, um, brother, I just like us to uh, pray for everyone here. And, and I believe that the Father's Holy Spirit is going to set people free right now. Um, would you like to start the prayer and then I'll end it off for us? Let's see, uh, it seems like I just lost Nathan here for a second. Brother, If you, when you're back, you can just join in with the prayer. I'm going to start it all for us. Uh, so, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for everything, Lord, that you have done and are doing here, Lord, in the midst of us tonight, Father. Lord, right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, over everyone listening and listening 
uh, to the to to this broadcast, Father. And we speak right now to every spirit of depression, right now, and anxiety and fear at the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord, right now for lifting that off every person listening. Father, we speak right now to every spirit of distraction that's coming to try and distract your God's people from prayer, intimate time. Lord, I pray, Lord, over the people who's listening right now, that when they listen, they would have such a focus in their prayer time with you. They would be able to zone in on your voice and they would be able to hear your voice so clearly. Uh, Father, we also just speak right now, Lord, to everyone who needs healing in their body, who is sick. I thank you, God, for healing and freedom right now. People who are struggling with migraine headaches, people who are struggling with cancer right now, we command cancer to leave at the sound of my voice now in the name of Yeshua. People who have been feeling so sick, they feel like it can't be used by the Lord. We speak to people right now who've, who's got uh, uh, inf- inflammation and all kinds of infirmities in their skin right now in the name of Yeshua and all the pains in the bones and the backs and the legs and every ligament and tendon in every body. Lord, I thank you. We command freedom in the name of Yeshua right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for uh, everyone who's listening, Lord, who's struggling with bitterness right now, Lord. We pray, I pray, Lord, for a supernatural empowerment of your spirit, Lord, to set people free of their bitterness. Uh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for for deliverance, and uh, I'm just opening the chat here. I just want to see what you guys are saying here. Um, brothers and sisters, I want you to just type in the chat what you're, what you're, what you need prayer for. And I'd love to pray for you specifically as well. So I'm having a look here. Here we go. Here we go. Salvation for daughters. And healing. So, Lord, we just pray for everyone right now who's uh, got a a a son or a daughter, a family member, or someone who is who is involved with witchcraft, someone who is involved with New Age, someone who's involved with some kind of false religion. Right now, we speak to that in the name of Yeshua. And Lord, I thank you for freedom, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for lifting the lies off, Lord. And God, I thank you, Lord, for showing them, Lord, your truth, Father. Uh, I pray, Lord, right now for everyone who's listening, who is struggling with um, uh, 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 who's struggling with uh, an, an evil spirit, Lord, distracting them. I feel like there's there's a there's a spirit of oppression over people t- today who's, you know, brothers and sisters, when we when we look at the world, we t- we see the world and, and the world is out to entertain us and distract us. But there's all, it's not just our flesh. It's not just our decisions. There is also the enemy who comes and he decides to have a strategic plan of distraction. And so, Lord, we break right now every plan of distraction over your people that is stopping them from entering in what you are calling them to enter. All right. We pray all this in the name of Yeshua. So, brothers and sisters, I hope that this broadcast has blessed you. I uh, see we just lost our brother Nathan there, but um, I just want to thank him for coming on the show here tonight. Um, he was traveling to a conference, and so I really cherish his time for giving this to us here tonight. Um, I pray that this has blessed you. If this has blessed you, please share this video because God desires, he's calling a bride that he desires to walk in spirit and truth. And this is the beginning of that journey for us. So please share this far and wide for your friends to hear this 
and subscribe to this channel if you're new here tonight. And um, yeah, if uh, I'll see you guys in the next video. We're broadcasting every Thursday at 7 p.m. All right, many, many blessings and shalom.